Good afternoon, folks. If you want to help support Tights and Fights, the audio professional wrestling podcast, go on over to iTunes and leave us a five-star rating and a review like this one from Moldy Mort. He says that this show is perfect in all caps, and the only thing they could ever ask for is more of the same. How gosh darn heartwarming is that? I thought this was diet. Nah, just crystal, G. All the calories, none of the color. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, just like Jason Jordan's dad, Kurt Angle. Hello. (laughs) Okay, okay, here we go. Tyson Fights Podcast is the perfect wrestling podcast. There's a guy named Al and there's Danielle and there's got a podcast and we do too so many people got a fucking podcast hi welcome back to another episode <laughs> of tights and fights the show that discusses wrestling with the sincerity and hilarity that it deserves once again your podcast dad is out of town um and so i'm last week's sole survivor of the podcast danielle radford <laughs> i am joined today by my fellow members of the nation of conversation the returning sharpshooter savior of chicago right. mike eagle that's right I did that in a video. Go watch it after you finish this. Yeah, seriously, though. Go do do the thing he just said. Um, and the Delgadine dream, Des Delgadillo. I'm back. <laughs> I'm better than ever. I'm back. This podcast. <laughs> yes. Yes. Lean into your full Bischoff. Everyone sings here. <laughs> I feel like that. that's very menacing, like it. What? Everyone floats down here. I'm like, everyone sings down here. Oh, see. Everybody sings when they come to Tights and Fights. <laughs> you mistake me for somebody who's seen a horror movie in the last 20 years. <laughs> I have not. I will not. I have no reason to. Yeah, yeah, except Get it. Out. Which oh, yeah. Great. Get Out. Yeah. Get Out. Yeah. Get Out was great. Get Out was great. Um, and so we've got tons of things to talk about this week from Cena versus Roman, Braun versus Brock, and our favorite things from the week in wrestling. But first, let's talk about Kevin Owens. So on SmackDown, he had his second physical confrontation with the McMahons in two weeks. Let's hear what happened. I need, I need you to give me your word that if provoked, I, I can beat a McMahon senseless. You got that word. Oh my God! Hard way! Headbutt of death. Oh, he did it the hard way. That's crazy. Oh my God, so crazy. So, y'all, how good was his beat down? Oh my God, look at that butt. The headbutt. Oh, it was, it was <laughs> incredible. Oh, yes, it was the headbutt heard around the world. Uh, I think I think last time we talked about Kurt Angle and Samoa Joe's headbutt, and that's kind of what this reminded me of. Although it was kind of, it, it was just because it was done to Vince McMahon and all the stuff that followed, you know, the super kick and the frog splash. I mean, there was so much here that Kevin Owens did to a 72 or 73-year-old man. It was, <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. What do you think, Mike? Yeah, I thought it was fantastic. I mean, it was the edge and danger that I felt like his character has been lacking. So obviously they're setting up a brutal match with him and Shane at Hell in a Cell. 
But for his character to maintain the same gravity, he has to continue to do things like this. And I don't know how many people he can beat up. Yeah, he done run out of McMahon's. Are yeah. the kids around? Can he beat up Shane's kids? Oh, God. Just kick around the kids glorious. for a little while. What's going to happen is, is during the match, you're just going to hear like, and the helicopter comes down and it's like, I'm back. Kevin Owen tags in the helicopter. And the helicopter just beats the shit out of him. Obviously, y'all are, I'm super into it. I thought that this was fantastic. Do we think that this works as far as like him being more brutal and getting back to the brutality? Or do you want to see him going back after chasing championships? What do you think? No, the brutality is great because Kevin Owens, for a long time, his big hindrance is that he's so good at being funny. And so for a long time, he was just trapped in this comedy phase with Chris Jericho and even to a degree with Shane McMahon. So now he's back doing that brutal stuff that he was doing in NXT when he was there for a hot minute. And now we're getting that in WWE, and it's such the perfect stage for that brutal version of Kevin Owens. What do you think, Mike? I agree. I just want it to lead into a character change, because if he does feel edgy and dangerous, that, I think, naturally leads him into championship chases. You know, it shouldn't be a separate thing. You hope that if he walks that path, then when he challenges for a title, you actually think that he might win. I agree. I'm hoping that what this does is it ultimately winds up being that we've got the, the brutal Kevin back. The comedy stuff was fun, but we've got we've got back uh, best friend betraying Kevin Owens. Yeah. Um, boss beaten in the head in Kevin Owens. Oh, man. And also, I'm not going to lie, I really popped over uh, Steph's casual day Darth Vader outfit. She looks so good. <laughs> she looked so God. good. Well, you know, she just went to whatever tailor that Seth goes to and was like, fuck me up. That's right. Going, going through a table does a lot for you. <laughs> See? Fuck me up, daddy. Give me his stuff. Over to Raw. So uh, there was another thing with Miz and Enzo. Enzo. So first of all, obviously, congratulations, Ms. and Maurice. That's fucking dope. Um, they're made a person. That's yeah. great. I love love. Um, so back to that dude who uh, loves chickens. Is there anything about Enzo that you like other than just him getting smooth, beat the fuck up out of Mike? I've been enjoying his stuff with the Cruiserweights because he's had a chance to show some offense, which he never got a chance to do when he's just wrestling on the Raw roster. I mean, I would literally watch entire matches to see if Enzo even got to throw a punch. And he <laughs> never did. He would nope. just like, he would go off the ropes like he was about to do something and get promptly kicked in the mouth. Like that was every match of his. So I was excited about that. I'm a little weirded out by this segment, of course, because I do think it's a weird thing to do to have Enzo come out and interrupt for that. fucking what? Like he's on yeah. he's cruiserweight. Yeah, right? he's a cruiserweight. He's on two oh five live. Did you think that it was weird for them to be like you got demoted to two oh five live? It's like really like you're you're going to I get it, it's a dig, it's a burn, it's what Miz does, but it doesn't just burn Enzo, it also burns a, an entire division. Yes. What do you think, Del? Yeah, it burns the whole cruiserweight division. It's just an insult to those guys who are working hard. And I mean, it's like one of those things that just goes unsaid, like it's true, but it just, it's not said. And now you're basically saying that. Although I will say that this segment did lead to history because it was the first ever cruiserweight versus regular roster member since they relaunched the division. Hmm. You know, that is true. And that is a very positive way um, of framing that. Oh, nobody's going to remember it. I'm just saying it's history. <laughs> I, you know, they will. They, they might remember. Because remember, there's nothing the WWE loves more than touting their own fake bullshit they made it up history. <laughs> oh, there's nothing they love the more. The first so maybe time they ever. So continuing on with Raw, 
obviously there's someone on Raw who's had the best 2017 of fucking anybody, and that is Braun Strowman. Braun! Oh, so good. The best. Brock hits Strowman with the suplex, and surprise, it wasn't very effective. Well, he all Japan style just popped up and said, give me more, daddy. Yeah. <laughs> that was it. He totally did. It was like one of those things where it was like, what's his name when he came off the ladder and got back up and was like, fuck you. Um... <laughs> Does this make you so much more ready for the match? Well, I mean, Paul Heyman seems to be trying to sell something to me that I'm already lining up to buy. Like, <laughs> I, just, I want this. Just give it to me now. Like that's, uh, So the, the next two weeks are going to be interesting to see what else they can do because I want this already so bad. Right. And, Mike, do you think that maybe it almost feels like at this point they're doing so much they're almost giving away the match? I mean, well, I, I don't think they're giving the match away. I think they're telegraphing the ending by far. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I mm-hmm. feel like... What Paul Heyman is selling is he's selling low-key that Brock is afraid of Braun by coming out and challenging him and saying all the reasons that Braun should be afraid and getting him out there and having and then, you know, Brock getting beat up. I mean, with the way that WWE booking tends to go, if you show one person dominate another person mm. week after week, then that person typically ends up losing the match. And I think they're setting it up where Brock can go over Braun, and Braun still keeps his heat and his stature. Right. But I do feel like they're telegraphing that at this point. Yeah. Although, you know, they can always just become friends. That's how I always just be friends. So do you think that Braun's match with Cena later in the night was the best way to follow this up, Mike? I actually felt like maybe that could have been next week or something. Mm. Uh, I did I did feel like a little bit of the impact of Braun beating up Lesnar was... Uh, I won't say I won't say wholeheartedly diminished, mm. but I I think that it could that was a standalone moment, and mm. I feel like the match against Cena was another standalone moment, and so putting them together on the same show to me takes a little bit away from both, or at least close the show with the image of Braun murdering John Cena. I mean, it was it was it was yeah. what like the top of the hour for the set for the second or third hour or something. I mean, there was there was you close with the eight man, and it was a good eight man, but close with something significant like this cool star making moment for Braun just killing the ace of WWE or whatever John Cena is these days. He's not the ace. We've already got an ace. Yeah, we got an ace. We got a Johnny ace. Oh, that's so, what we do. Do we? Do, 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 do we have a Johnny ace? Do we have one? Totes Bells is back, you guys. I'm the only one that cares. Sticking with Raw, another dominant star is on the way. Asuka, coming up to the main roster. I am so fucking ready. So, are we? Do we think that she's going to be able to keep that momentum from NXT, or do we think she's going to lose it with maybe some of her injury time? I think WWE is really good at presenting stuff like that. So if they just hype it. I say keep her off TV until they want to bring her in, I think, in the middle of October. So keep her off TV and just talk it up. Have those talking heads talking it up. Mm. Have Goldberg say something as a talking head. That would that would be pretty great. That'd be great. He likes checks. What do you think, Mike? I think they're going to fuck it up. So I'm trying to have no expectations whatsoever. <laughs> I'm so... I, I'm As soon as I saw she was coming to Raw, I'm just, I turned my emotions off. Oh, because no. Because I know. Like, they if they can't get... Shinsuke on SmackDown, right? Mm. I absolutely do not believe for a moment they're gonna get Oscar on Raw. She losing right? to Dana Brooke? Oh. <laughs> I mean, and 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 that still hurt me, so I still have work to do on myself. Just the thought of that hurt me, and and it I have to get to a, I have yeah, to get to gotta, a place where nothing that happens to her can hurt me. Oh, you got to put that heart in a box. I do. I got to know. Oh, just lock it in. For me, I will say that like the fact that they were having people, women in the back, watching that and being like. 
oh, we thought we were safe. That I really appreciated. And I do agree, yeah, that if they keep that kind of thing up where every time they show one of those, they show, like, another woman in the back that done got her ass smooth whooped by Asuka being like, oh, I thought she was in Florida. Mm. Yeah. They They should book her like the Samoa Joe of the women's division where she just comes in and just murders people for months. And then if you want to build up to, like, a thing with Naya, you could do that maybe if you want to focus on Naya again. Or have Asuka be the new Naya. Well, okay, so speaking of Naya, do you want them to go ahead and just give Naya a one-on-one title shot instead of that Fatal 4-Way? Or are you still in the Fatal 4-Way? I think the Fatal 4-Way is probably the best scenario for her. Just because she's she's still got work to do. But she is in the ring with Alexa Bliss. So Alexa Bliss could carry most of that. And I guess we'll see next week because they're out wrestling one-on-one next week. And we'll see. I either we'll be really thankful that <laughs> it was on Raw. <laughs> and uh, thank God they're hiding her in a pay-per-view. <laughs> a four-way. <laughs> what do you think, Mike? Uh, I don't like the four-way because it maximizes their, um, we don't know what the hell we're doing this of their booking. Yeah, so it, it increases it increases the probability of them doing something senseless mm-hmm. twofold at least. So uh, I, I will prefer a one-on-one match just so that they can at least try to have a semblance of a plan. Mm-hmm. Now that it's a four-way, it's another thing that I can't even, I can't allow myself to think about. Two dudettes! Two dudettes. <laughs> That's fine. It's Who are fine. the other two in the four way? I'm having a total brain fart. Uh, is it? Is it? Uh, it's Sasha. It's Sasha, Alec, um, is, Naya. Is, is it Emma? And Emma. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Emma's yeah. a thing now. Yeah. We've totally forgot. We'll see for how long that lasts. Yeah. Bump, 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 bump. No one cares but me. Um, <laughs> I, care. <laughs> I care. I like Emma. I, I like Emma a lot. I'm real bummed. I'm real bummed about that music. Yeah, yeah that music. <laughs> that My hurts. God. Ugh. Wait, but didn't they change it again? They did change yeah, it again. Yeah, they did change it again. Does that one suck too? It sucks less, but now it's like kind of vanilla hard rock thing. You know it's what I mean? Fine. I like to think we changed it. It changed because of tights and fights. Yes, it yeah. was just because of the good work we did burying that thing. Well, right. then we got to work hard on other things. If we got that kind of stroke, we, we got to yeah, we got to yeah, apply keep it, man. Some shit, yeah. Man. Oh, what else can we bury? But I like Emma as a story, man. Like I, I wish that they would play that up more. Like that, like the way her character started and how she got brought up to the roster, like ahead of all of the women's revolution and and the goofy thing. They and, did such a good job of doing that in NXT, and it's one of those things where they just yeah. drop all those balls when someone comes to the main roster, and it's like, but you don't have to like i think their idea is like well when you go from nxt you come to the main roster and you graduate and it's like you don't graduate from storytelling you just graduate to the main roster you still tell stories guys um so uh speaking of other people who had moments where they were uh, missing in action because we know emma was gone for forever ever on the same island as you know tupac so kalisto and goldust showed up and did uh, matches. Because the question here is, how does that make you feel about seldom used characters? And for me, it's like, not good. Because they weren't... They weren't. I forgot what Kalisto did. What did Kalisto do? I forgot, too. Kalisto wrestled oh. with Elias. Oh, yeah, I didn't okay, remember. Okay, I forgot about that. At all that oh, that yeah. happened. Elias won, so good job, Elias. I mean, great. Yeah. Elias should win something sometime. That's I, good. Good he for should, He good. should also finish a song. Yeah. Just finish us. Like, at this point, I'm like, you don't get to go, you don't get to call it a tour and ask me to walk with you if we only walk in 20 seconds at a time. I, I do, it's a short walk. <laughs> it's a very <laughs> short walk with I, Elias. I like it when he asks us to walk with him, though. 
Yeah. I do like that. You like being Who invited? Who wants to walk with a lion? Uh-huh. I'm, like, I'm at home like me. You know he's just going to take you to Runyon like every other boring ass dude. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm, I don't go on dates with people, so I don't know how that works. Mm-hmm. Is that what happens on Tinder? People just take you to a canyon and drop you in a ditch? Is that what happens? <laughs> uh, work Sometimes. On your cardio. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just like going for walks. You want to go up Runyon? Fucking no. I don't want to. No one wants to go up Runyon. No I got one a Runyon. sidewalk on my street. We can yep. walk on that. How about yeah, it? It's real dope. It goes yeah. one way and then it goes the other. And at one end, there's a Taco Bell. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you think about Goldust coming back and being completely and having all of his fucking character development of the last couple of months wiped away? I'm perfectly okay with that because I knew none of that character development was going anywhere I to begin know. with. I knew that his feud with our truth was not going to add a bunch of network subscribers. So I'm perfectly oh, you okay. Th- you didn't think that was going to draw some dimes? I mean, I didn't think it was going to draw a single dime, and I was correct. I wanted it- to see how that masterpiece was going to play out. Yeah, yeah. man. Oh, gosh. Yeah. I ju- I, I, dancing, I guess. For me, it's so frustrating because Goldust is a lot like Dolph Ziggler, where every couple of years they're like, we're actually going to do something. And then a month and a half later, they're like, never mind. Yeah. And then, like, and so it is, it's, it's the same cycle keeps perpetuating. So I don't, I didn't mind him being used in this capacity. Mm. And, and I remember what he did, which already puts him a little bit ahead of Kalisto. Mm. And I liked that he wiped his face stuff off because then suddenly it gave credence to something that Brace said in front of a match mm-hmm. rather than just random rambling that didn't go anywhere. Yes. Oh my God. The only reason that Goldust got in is because he has face paint. No, no, that's the whole reason why he did it. That needs to be wiped off. I know. But wouldn't it be great if a baby every... with face paint? God damn it, Hal. I like babies with face paint. <laughs> no, I'm just thinking I'm just like a little baby. Oh, wipe your face. I'm not Hal. I can't do it. I can't. I can't. I your face. Uh, I'll, uh, I'll, 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 I don't know what to say. Yeah, see? I damn wish it. I had something. <laughs> I, had nothing. Um, I got nothing. So I got, we're going to swap over for a second and go to a different division. So the tag team scene on Raw. There's Sheamus and Cesaro, there's the club fighting, and Ambrollins and the Hardys, and what do y'all think about this mishmash, hodgepodgey match? I liked it. Um, I don't remember it for shit, but I liked it. I, I, I mostly like the division, except for I want them to be doing more with Gallows and Anderson, of course. I agree. The one thing that I thought was funny about it was they spent all night setting up who their partners were going to be like. It could have been anybody except the Hardys. They're the only oh, yeah, other like space... <laughs> Tag team on like the on the raw roster. Yeah. Jamie Noble and Dean Malenko were busy. <laughs> and not dressed for the part, yeah. of course. Just gonna be fucking Jason Jordan, just like just pretend there's another one of me. <laughs> I'm gonna go back to the thing that worked. <laughs> <laughs> He's fine. Yeah, that gives credence to the idea that that match should not have been the main event. Yeah. It was it totally it was fun while while you watched it, but I don't remember anything that happened now. I like that Jason Jordan match. I like both of his matches the last I two did weeks. actually like the, his matches the last couple of weeks. They've been, it's still not like, for me, it still doesn't feel worth breaking the team up yet, yeah. but it feels like it could at a later point. Yeah. And my heart is still soft. It's just still soft and unguarded. For, and, for who? And for right what? on my sleeve for all of wrestling. All of it? Yeah. Still? Man, that's How why I hurt sleep? so much. I don't. Oh my God. CBD. That's a good answer. That's a good answer. answer. All right, so we're going to flip back over to SmackDown. So we've talked about how many times the titles have been lost and won in the past two months and then lost and won and lost and won and lost and won. And it happened again. Um, The New Day beat the Usos for their fourth, fourth championship reign. 
is this good or are you tired of just like the same two teams swapping the title over and over? So over it. It's like a ridiculous game of hot potato and nobody wins in hot potato. Right? Except, I mean, the potato, maybe. No, because it has to be hot, and it was so happy being cool and underground. so happy being room temperature. (laughs) You just ripped it from its home. What do you think, Mike? I think before that three count, Mm -hmm. when the announcer said, Nude! I didn't even realize this was a championship match. (laughs) (laughs) Like, that is how many matches they've had and how many times the titles have have switched hands and how little it all means now. Which is bruh. If you're going to announce a match as something special and give it its own d- name, like, I shouldn't say dumbass, because it's a, it's a cool name if they would have done something with it. Sin City Street Fight sounds cool. Yeah. But in the end, it's just two tag teams and some fucking tables. And I feel like we've done done that before. We've been doing that for 15 years. We've been doing like. that for a smooth 15, right? Mm-hmm. And so I guess when you say Sin City Street Fight, I'm like, okay, cool. Maybe there's going to be something different. Maybe they'll actually like leave. Even going like backstage or going out into the parking lot, like something, dude. You're calling it a street fight. And so they're just like, oh, we're just going to, here's a table. It's like, great. I thought somebody was going to get slapped with some poker chips. Wouldn't that have been cool? That would have been great. My thing was is I think that what you should have done is just bring out Shayna Blazer or Baszler. Bring out Shayna Baszler in like all of her like Vegas style gear mm. and you just chuck her at people. That's great. <laughs> like a Pokemon. You just throw her I and she just you. starts punching yeah, dudes. That's terrifying. I would run. <laughs> Wouldn't I, you run? I would use run. Yeah, if someone was, and it wouldn't be effective because she's also very fast. <laughs> so if someone just like busts out, like you bring Shayna, she's just chilling under the stage, under the under the stage. Under the for, stairs. Oh my god, it's terrifying. <laughs> oh my god, yeah, just chilling under the. This sh- is getting scarier and scarier. <laughs> she got a red balloon down there. <laughs> we all choke down here. Oh my god. Uh, but you just bring her out from underneath, and you just chuck her at people. I, or something. I guess for me, if it's like if you're gonna if you're gonna do a thing where it's like it's a Sin City SmackDown, Sin City SmackDown. What the fuck was different about it other than the branding? Do something fun. Do something weird. I don't know. If you're gonna brand it that way, like if you're gonna make it seem like it's a special event, make it a special event. Mm. I guess. Aside from obviously Vince taking one the hard way because that was pretty great. Are yeah. you saying they should have brought back SmackDown Roulette? Yes. Yes, I am <laughs> saying they should have brought back SmackDown Roulette. Anything. Something. So the U.S. Open Challenge is back. That's great. What do you think about Ty Dillinger coming out? Good job, Ty Dillinger. Yeah. I mean, he got destroyed after, and so did AJ. But sure did. Good job, Ty Dillinger. That was a that was a really fun match. I enjoyed it very much. Me too. Imagine a world where <laughs> Ty Dillinger is United States champion, and AJ Styles is the world champion. Hmm. I live feeling for that of world. things making sense. Yeah, yeah that's nice. Yeah. Okay, that's, that's nice. So Ginger being super Ray Ray, uh, that's what I call racist. Racist boo. Yeah, <laughs> what's being racist boo? So who? So I was watching that and I kept waiting for him. And I know he had that little moment where he was like, "That's what they think of you." And it's like, Nah, dude, you're the one who did the fucking Cena where you put his picture up and made fun of him. What did y'all think of that segment? I thought that that's what they were trying to do was get was have him get over the I'm going to say the terrible thing, but I'm going to say that I'm saying the terrible thing is because that's what Americans would do. And that's why Americans are bad. I do feel like they were having him as a heel try to play both sides of it. Mm -hmm. I just don't know if that really works. I don't think it worked. And I think when it comes with uh, I think when it comes to racism, you have to be incredibly clear when you think. Yeah. Yeah. Especially in racing, uh, in wrestling, a notoriously racist business in the past. Is 
Is racing racist too? Because it seems like it should be with the oh, name. Oh, I don't know. It might. If be. you're a car racer, are you a racist? That's that's what I'm wondering. Is that is that racism? If you prefer racing, is that, <laughs> is that technically racism? <laughs> See, I don't know. I guess for me, it was just like. Like it's fun having the Singh brothers make like do his like thing and and make fun of like his craziness. You know why that, that weirds me out? And mm. I, and, and mm. I, when I was watching it, I was like, "This is weird." And now I'm seeing it back in my head. I'm realizing why it was weird. It's because the Singh brothers they kept doing everything at the same time. I know it was like perfectly synced. It was That's so creepy. really strange. Yeah. It was like, so creepy. Like, they were doing it perfectly in sync. But way I liked to make it. something look super choreographed is have two dudes go out there and make the exact same movements, <laughs> the exact same time. They probably didn't practice at all either. Yeah. They just like did it. They, yeah, they're worth their weight in gold. Yeah. I will say the Singh brothers, which isn't much. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I, and I, I, there are arguments to be made that, like, you know, obviously, like, uh, gender is Asian, but from a, you know, he's he's from a he's East Asian, and and uh, and Shinsuke is West Asian, but it's still like, so I just East don't... Side West Side, is... yeah, it, that's a, that's a yes, weird dynamic, yes, they should um, just say that. And and the Singh brothers are both Maria. All right. So, <laughs> <laughs> so if you have any thoughts about the week in wrestling, please let us know about it. Find us at facebook.com slash groups slash tights fights and at tights fights on Twitter. When we come back, it's time for us to shoot from the hip. Up next on Tights and Fights. Hi there. I'm comedian and movie buff Ricky Carmona, and I'm excited to tell you about a new show I'm doing called Who Shot Ya? Join me, LA Weekly film critic April Wolf. I'm going to call Star Wars and it comes out the Clint Howard Project. <laughs> film reviews editor for The Wrap, Alonzo Duraldi. Everything Charlize Theron knows about killing somebody with a high-heeled shoe, she learned from single white female. Trust me. <laughs> and our dope-ass friends each week. The stunt guys were asking me, like, do you need a stunt double in here to, for, for you to skate? I'm like, no, no, I, I was on skates at three. So if you're tired of whack opinions and you're looking for a smart, funny film discussion show, check out Who Shot Your Son? That's what we do. And you can find us at MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Tyson Bites Podcast. Tyson Bites. Welcome back to Tyson Bites. I am Danielle Radford and I am joined in the booth by... Des Delgadillo and Michael Eagle. Every so often, there is something from wrestling that we like to give some extra attention. Extra Ooh. attention. Sexy. This is our main event. Let's get ready to rock. Holy cow. I like it. I'm excited. <laughs> Are you ready? That'll do it. That'll put some hair on your chest. WWE sometimes likes to pull back the curtain in a way that feels off script, but is actually completely entirely fucking scripted. <laughs> it is known as the worked shoot. It's been popping up in a few places on WWE TV, including Roman Reigns versus John Cena. I'm going to put it in terms that even you can understand. Yeah. At no mercy, consider me like a drug test, Holmes. Oh, God. Mm. Womp, womp. You ain't getting past me. Womp. Mic drop like that was some hip cool right. shit. I say. just why he got to get so like quote unquote black all of a sudden. Like why does he put on his rap his John Cena rap voice every day? He's like I'm like a drug test. Home. What the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, you I'm, like a drug test. I'm like a drug test. I'm like a drug test. You can't pass me. Like, you don't have to do this, John. You were the Marine. I expected better of you. <laughs> So, OK, 
Okay, That's so first hilarious. off, <laughs> what do you guys think about this series of promos? I thought the first one was great. And just like all sorts of work work shoot promos, there's the law of diminishing returns, you know? Mm. So like the next one is not, yeah, I know, I studied economics in high school. So yeah, the, you the, did. The, you know, the next Why one did I make that sound feel. sexy? Sorry. Yeah, you did. There's nothing sexier yeah, than economics. Mm. You got them good grades. I economics. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Doctor of sex of sexonomics. Freakonomics. Mm-hmm. 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 Why orange just cost so much? <laughs> I'm, sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Please go into this. But now, you know, it's, it's, it's a feud predicated on sick burn after sick burn. And it gets to a point where the burns just aren't so sick anymore. Yeah, totally. It was like, it reminds me of when they first did with CM Punk, they did the pipe bomb, which is obviously like one of the most notorious, famous, infamous work shoots in history. They did the pipe bomb, and then all of a sudden, every time this dude comes out, he's sitting Indian style. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think don't... that's the key to it, is, is if for work shoots to work, you gotta sit Indian style. I think so. That's what, that's <laughs> what these promos are missing. They should just set up a picnic blanket, have them sit opposite <laughs> each other Indian style, and every time they say a sick burn to each other, they should toss a grape into the other one's mouth. Ooh, there you mm. go. I feel like that would, that's what really would get these over. Just some cross-legged, like a picnic. Mm-hmm. They just have to hang out exactly. like it's a picnic. Exactly. But it was. Like, you know, he sat down the first time, and it became huge. And again, I've talked about it. It made Jim Rome think the wrestling was real. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> like, for the next, like, month, he was sitting down every time he was talking. And it was like, dude, the only thing that came after that that actually worked was, like, the ice cream thing. Like, none of the rest of it actually worked. So, do you guys think that they're probably scripting Rogan? Rogan? Seth Seth? or Joe? Seth. Joe. Definitely Joe. Joe. (laughs) You know what I think? (laughs) 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 Rogan Rain. Somebody do that on Photoshop. Rogan Rogan Rain. I'm sure someone has. You just take Baron Corbin's top and put it on. Rogaine Rain. (laughs) I gotta leave my tummy bear alone. So... There's a very clear winner and a very clear loser in these, right? Yes. Why do you think, since these are so script, do you think they're scripting Roman to lose? And if so, why? Who does that serve? Who is that for? I don't think they're scripted. I think they're bullet pointed. And I think that these guys are allowed to put whatever spin on and say whatever terms they want to use. And I think that's why the terms that they end up using end up coming off so inside broken kayfabe is because they'll say okay now you say something about how he doesn't sell tickets anymore we don't need him and then rain says well look at the box office sir you know what i mean something that like that mm, people don't really care about you know what i mean (laughs) but i I think he's trying to say it in a way that's real to him and some way that actually hurts john's feelings because i think i think john is actually hurting his feelings a little bit i really do john feelings hurt (laughs) And so, obviously, like you guys were saying, like the, it's obvious that they're they're trying to like get really insidery and like pull back the curtain, break the fourth wall, give the smarks a thing. When do you think they go too far and it actually starts taking away from the build of the match? I think all the time. I think even since the first one, like they, there's a lot of discomfort in these things. There's a lot of awkwardness, and it's I think so that, cringy. Yeah, and I that does make it a little bit of must see. It's like what weird, wild insidery smart dirt sheety thing are they gonna say next (laughs) but I mean you say all of this stuff right but then they're gonna have a fucking choreographed wrestling match you know (laughs) what I mean like I don't know how these two things are gonna line up right so I talked a lot about uh, Punk and his crossed ass legs so Shawn Michaels did a bunch of those also those kind of work shoot things DX that was kind of what they built their entire everything on you know along with 
having a tank and sucking it in dicks and whatever. So how well do you think this worked in the past? Do you think it worked better in the past than it works now? I think it works so much better in the past, especially like in the late 90s when they were doing it, because although fans watching like live in the arena were sometimes very confused, it sounded mysterious because you didn't really have the proliferation of like dirt sheet websites. You had to go order the Wrestling Observer from the back of Pro Wrestling Illustrated or something to know what they were talking about. I think today the big problem, though, is you have two work shoots on the same damn show. You had the Miz thing mm-hmm. this week, mm-hmm. and you had John Cena and Roman Reigns. It's like, I just saw this. What do you think? I think that even back in the day, it didn't always work. I think for you to have a work shoot that really works, the rest of the show has to have things in it that are really over to hold it up. I really feel like you got to have top faces and top heels and everything so that somebody can come along and say something that shakes it up a little bit, but then the show is kind of picked back up. Because if you look at WWF at the time, yeah, they had Shawn Michaels doing stuff like that, but Austin didn't really do stuff like that. The Rock didn't even do stuff like that. Like A lot of the nods were just particular people, and on the rest of the show, they had characters that were very established that were very connected with the crowd and holding up kayfabe and i really feel like that was necessary if you look at wcw at that time that's every example of a work shoot that didn't work exactly (laughs) like post post first wave nwo every time they tried to do that it got over like a fart in church because they didn't have anything else on the show it holding that up. It can't all just be meta, exactly. nod, nod, wink, wink. You, Eventually, you also have to have content. You got to have something that works so you can do that. So you can, you know, you can shake things up within the structure, but you got to have some structure there. Or else you're not shaking anything up. Yeah, exactly. Then you're just kind of like lazy. So, um, Des, you mentioned uh, the how Miz versus Enzo was also leaning very heavily on that. Um, so was Kevin and Shane kind of mm-hmm. leaning on that. Mm-hmm. Should they continue to lean on this kind of thing, or do we need to give this kind of a break for a minute? I think it's time to slide it on back a little bit. There's so much focus on it right now. I think spend some time on building some actual stories within your 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 context of being a wrestling show, and then in a couple of years, when it feels new and fresh again, then go back and, and be a little meta. But it's time to, to, to put your bet on a different horse, per se. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. And I think the best thing they got going right now is Braun. Mm-hmm. And the very first time they do some weirdo-ass break kayfabe shit with him, he'll be over. Oh, like, he'll done. be done. He'll be, he'll be done. done. You know, like, and I think, I wish they would look at that. Let's like, say they built a character up the old school way. They had to go over a bunch of jobbers, build them up, and now they've made him a credible threat. that was, what, like threat. a year and a half long yeah. build up at least? Yeah. Exactly. Right. And, and, you know, and, and, and if they built up the show with more characters like that in that old traditional pathway of building up a star then I think you have so many solid assets that you can build and you can do stuff like that around it but right now you got Roman and Cena tearing each other apart on the microphone in a way that's making everybody feel weird and bad and it's not even I like feel bad it's not even Wrestlemania you know what I mean yeah. it's like I, I don't I don't know I, I feel like they do need to focus more on building up Stars, And I think they also need to do it with people who can take it and who can mm. handle that. Like, if Roman was able to do it the way John did it, John would be okay. 
Roman is in such a precarious position because he is doing great work, but the crowd is still not convinced completely yet that when you do it for Roman, all you're doing is like rubber stamping everything any everybody else has already said when he's been doing some of the best work of his career. Hmm. And so I do think that it, it's doing Roman a huge disservice um, to have him get so completely eviscerated and torn apart by John Cena for weeks on end. It gets to a point where a worked shoot is just like, sometimes it's cool and neat, and sometimes you're just making your own product look shitty. It's like, okay, well, if, if these are the problems that you think your product has, then fucking fix it. Right. Wow, I yelled. I got to say one thing, though. I don't... One thing that's happening inside of my body that I've had to reckon with mm. during these Roman and Cena... In your body. In my body is... I am starting to root for Roman to stand up for himself. Me too. And mostly because I feel like everything John Cena says is genuinely lame as fuck. <laughs> and like, I don't want Roman to not have something to come back with when this lame dude in bright orange and cargo shorts <laughs> is talking crazy about him. I want him to have something to say and stand toe-to-toe with Slide in my DMs, Roman. We'll give you some stuff. Let's write, let's write Roman some stuff. Slide, oh, this is very exciting. Slide. I know that y'all have writers, but it sounds like they don't, they're trying to do a thing where they're like, Roman can do it on its own and it's not that we don't think you can. I'm just saying, slide in our DMs. Yeah, we need to give him some ammo, man. Because it's, it's there and it does, it makes me real sad when, when, when he's like, going against a dude who's been doing it for 15 years who's now an actor who doesn't need this and right. Roman's at the most needing this point in his yes, career. Yes, exactly. He does it's need not this. Unf- he really it's not need- fair. He's got to step up and do this. Mm-hmm. He's got to like find something in him. And maybe that's what they're doing and maybe we'll get to that like satisfying like third act or whatever. I hope we get there before the choreographed wrestling match. So. I, we really need to get there. <laughs> really like, like-, the, like the go home yeah. needs to be him getting there. Something. Yeah, he's got to get something before that. I think in their weird WWE warped mindset that exciting third act that revenge is going to come with Roman just beating John Cena and that it's got to be words it's man it's got to be words he's been getting his ass beat by words yeah. you got to beat ass by words you so have something to say but but I will say that if he suddenly for the go home if all of a sudden he fucking tears into him and he lights him up and it's amazing I'll cry <laughs> I might too, actually. So, wouldn't you kind of tear yeah. up, and it would be that moment awesome. of like he stood up he to the it. bully. We did should it. all we should all get on three way and cry together. <laughs> See, oh, FaceTime. We should. Yes. Yeah. Can we start a Slack for tears? Just <laughs> for all of us. Can we do that? It's just all of our tears. Well, if you would like to cry with us or if you have any thoughts on work shoots, um, please let us know about them at facebook.com slash groups slash tights fights or at tights fights on Twitter. When we come back, it's time for the three things that we loved from wrestling. Wrestling? Wrestling. Up next <laughs> on Tights and Fights. Wrestling! Wrestling! I'm Allegra Ringo. And I'm Renee Colbert. And we host a podcast called Can I Pet Your Dog? Renee, can I tell you about a dog I met this week? Uh, I wish that you would. In turn, though, can I tell you about a dog hero? May I tell you about a dog breed in a segment I like to call Mutt Minute? <laughs> I would love that. Could we maybe talk about some dog tech? Could we have some cool guests on, like Lin-Manuel Miranda, Nicole Byer, and Ann Wheaton? I mean, y- yeah, absolutely. I'm in. You're on board? What do you say we uh, we do all of this and put it into a podcast? Yeah, okay. You think? <laughs> Right. Uh, should we call it like I don't know? Can I pet your dog? Sure. All right. Uh, what do you What do you say we put it on every Tuesday on Maximum Fun or on iTunes? Sounds the- good to me. <laughs> Meeting's over. Tyson Bob.
Radford, and I'm joined today by Des Delgadillo and Michael Eagle. Every week, we end the show by sharing some of the joy of pro wrestling with y'all. This is the three count. Why am I saying everything's sexy today? Hello. <laughs> Mike, you're up first. What do you want to put over? What do you want like to put over? over Danielle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm putting over. Sam Roberts. Uh, so we're the only wrestling podcast, right? Yeah, it's just us. The right. only one ever. The only one ever. But we have been talked occasionally into licensing our technology to other people. <laughs> oh, that's so, so nice of us. I didn't realize we were doing that. We've oh. worked out such a deal with Sam Roberts. Mm-hmm. And he had uh, he had your, your wife, Sasha Banks, on his show. I did hear about that, yes. Mm-hmm. Bet you did. Um, <laughs> and she said something so interesting on this podcast. Um, and it's kind of long. But I'm going to try to read through it as fast as I can here. Ha, Hal, okay. don't make fun of me. No more. <laughs> <laughs> then this is, uh, this, is addressed, um, this is addressing main differences of working in NXT versus the main roster. I think what's different about NXT 2, we always knew where we were going, so it helped me prepare and think of ahead of time, like, how can I make this better? But when I go to Raw, it's legit like I have no clue what I'm doing. <laughs> I don't even know what to prepare for. <laughs> I'm just like handed something or told something and I was like okay I have one hour to get ready oh okay all right let's just do it so honestly I wish we had the opportunity to know what we're doing in the next three months if we're going with the storyline I would like to know yeah we're going with you and Alexa and this is where we want to take it and where we want to go instead of just being oh maybe you'll have a tag match maybe you'll have a promo maybe you'll have this random match that doesn't make any sense or whatever who knows or maybe you'll just sit in catering. Who knows? I'd be down with that. Damn. My God. But doesn't some planning sound? Some just, you know, that thing we were talking about earlier, the story thing. But this is earth shattering to me. Yeah. Like that one of their on and off championship holders mm-hmm. has no idea where storylines are going. That literally means everything we see on Paul from week to week. Is being made up that day, mm-hmm. and none of them have any idea where anything is going. And to me, like that's the key to the shittiness of everything. Mm-hmm. Is that they don't even know. Because even when they're handed the shitty content, a good wrestler, if they had time to prepare, would figure out how to make that shitty content good. But you can't do that when you get it an hour before you have to do it. And if and you, you've been on the road and you yeah. don't know. And you don't know where they're going next week yep. or next month. You don't even know how to like tailor it. And they might hand you, like she said, something that doesn't even make sense. It's no plans. We're all out in the open. Just, time, is a, time is a flat circle. Yeah. Ex- existential crisis. Just like the earth. <laughs> oh, Jesus. So, Des, what about you? What do you want to put over? Well, SmackDown Live, ever since it... Uh, became that after the draft last year has really felt like a total distant B show where you don't really have a lot of big angles going on. Not too many big stars are on there, except now they've changed that up a little bit. But on Tuesday night, they finally decided to shoot a big money angle on SmackDown, you guys, with the Kevin Owens, Shane, uh, Vince McMahon incident. Crazy. So I think that was a huge thing. Vince McMahon getting beat up on SmackDown. He got so beat up. That's so crazy to me. So good on SmackDown. I'll put that over because it's time to give them a little equal presence to Raw. It's funny because the theme song is actually called Take a Chance. 
Well, they did <laughs> on Tuesday night. Yeah. This is it. There you go. Jansen, I beat up Vince McMahon. <laughs> I hit him with a super kick and a frog splash. I know. I'm a WWE superstar. That is war. Putting on the wall. Bam. Here it goes. We're watching SmackDown. We're watching SmackDown. We're talking on tights and fights and we're watching SmackDown. SmackDown show. I miss talking SmackDown. Bring it back. Oh, yes. now I'm sad. I know. Okay, well, I'll soldier through. Um, so for me, I am putting over Jazzy fucking Gabbard. So I spent the last, and you'll, you guys, we're gonna, we're gonna do something for you. Do not think that we forgot about the Mae Young Classic. Mae Young Classic is gonna get its own shine. We gonna figure something out for you. But I have spent uh, the last two weeks being fucking tits deep in Mae Young. Hello. And Hello. It was. <laughs> <laughs> um, it took a second to process. <laughs> and it was amazing. And I'll tell you all about all of the many people um, that were standouts for me that I hadn't seen before. One of them is Mercedes Martinez. You're going to hear a lot about her. Who mm. boy, just fucking East Coast shit kicker. Amazing. But um, one of the people who really stood out for me, who it sounds like, I think she, you said, uh, does she just got a contract? Yes, she did. Dope. Is um, from the fucking fatherland. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm part German. Y'all know this shit. Uh, Jazzy Gabbard. I'm putting her, just her over. And especially I'm putting over her work on the match on Monday that they featured that was you you could find it in the Mae Young Classic whatever they did like the road to the Mae Young Classic and it was taped in front of the Raw audience and they were fucking into it it was like a six lady tag but the, obviously like the standouts were Tessa and Jazzy um, but I'm putting up for Jazzy because we all know Tessa's dope so here's a clip of uh, Jazzy being awesome and talking Jazzy Gabbert hard fought match out there unfortunately <laughs> hard fart the hard fart match out there you remember that right Jamie we all said that. It was a hard fart victory. I did. You don't remember that? Ich habe getanzt, was ich angekündigt habe. Ich habe den Schmerz in die WWE gebracht. Yeah. Yes. This is not over. No. This is not over. I'll be back. I'll be back. Oh, I'm oh, so fucking into this. I'm pretty stoked for that, That's too, just sounded, That was like <gasps> Ultimate Warrior-esque yeah. at the end uh, there. She's fucking amazing. And I'm sorry, it wasn't JBL that said that. It was uh, Corporate Kane that said that. He was talking to Daniel Bryan. <laughs> and, he like, and he said, congratulations on a hard fart victory. I can't believe you guys. I can't believe you guys don't remember this. Oh, that's amazing. Uh, maybe I'll put that over as just a great career thing. Anyway, so thank you guys all so much. Um, that does it for Tights and Fights after this long hard fart victory. Hard fart. <laughs> we are a podcast on the Maximum Fun Network. This week, our hosts are Mike Eagle and Des Delgadillo, along with me, Danielle Radford. Um, anything you guys want to plug, put out there for our audience, Des? Um, you can just follow me on Twitter, and I tweet about all my stand-up dates and stuff like that. I can't afford a website yet. At Des Delgadillo. If you can spell the name, then you can play the game. Hello. 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 That's everybody. Twitter's everybody's website, so you don't need one. It's fine. It's um, free. What you want to do? I'm at Mike underscore Eagle. It's a big week for me. My album comes out Friday. Yeah. And my tour starts Friday, too, man. So buy it or stream it. Get a ticket to the show. We come by your town. Check it all out at Mike underscore Eagle on the Twitter box. Oh, and please check out. He's doing this really fucking funny series on YouTube called uh, Deadass. Deadass! <laughs> 
Just go watch my reality. I'm gonna win. A, I'm gonna win a Peabody for that. It's man. his reality show, dead ass, done Peabody. in the style of True Life. Oh my god! Um, and it's fucking. It's great. It's Mike. It's great. You know it's gonna be great. We're gonna win all the awards. It's gonna win all the awards. Nobel. Um, exactly. Yeah. I'm, Pulitzer. <laughs> Pulitzer. You know what a Pulitzer? Pulitzer. <laughs> Allow me this volley. <laughs> Um, oh God, what do I have to put over? You guys can just do the thing where you follow me on the, the Twitters and the and the whatnots. I have a question for you guys, I guess, because I kind of am thinking about doing a Toad Steve's and a Toad Spells podcast. Hello. I know that's hey. not something that we can do here. It would probably just be me talking about Toad Steve's and Toad Spells, maybe with a, an occasional guest. But I would need to pay for that somehow. If I did, like, a Patreon, would y'all be into it? Let me know on the thing um, at Danielle Radford at Twitter or whatever. That was it for all of our plugs. That was some good plugs this week. Good and meaty. <laughs> right into that like a tomato with salt. Our producer is the millennial who's killing wrestling, Julian Burrell. Congratulations, Julian. Julian just got engaged. Hello! <laughs> to a very, very lucky lady. And it was amazing. And he was in London. And it sounds like the most romantic, amazing thing ever in the whole world. Isn't it romantic? <laughs> so great. Senior producer at Maximum Fun is Laura Swisher. Mike Eagle is also the voice behind our theme music. So we're putting him over for that, too. Keep up with us all week long on facebook.com slash groups slash tights fights and at tights fights on Twitter. And if you love the show, remember to hit them five stars on iTunes. Share us with all of your friends. Thank you so much to all of the donors who make the show possible. And we'll be back next week with even more. You guessed it. Or Aslan. See, I didn't make that one sexy. Tights and fights podcast. Tights and Congratulations, Daniel, on a hard fart victory. <laughs> right on time. I might have had that queued up. Okay. <laughs> He's had it waiting since he started. Finally! Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.